Happy Sunday, everyone, and special shout out to my fellow murderino and bestie, Jody Carpenter. Happy Monday to you. This is Murderino and a tech in ATX coming to you from Austin. And um, today we're going to talk about what just recently happened today in like southeast Texas. It's um, southeast of San Antonio, if you're familiar with uh, Texas. Uh, there was another shooting. We just had one in Vegas, not even, what, a month ago? Yeah. And now we have another one. And yet again, the politicians aren't doing their job goddamn job and just keep taking money from the NRA so now another 26 people are dead some were children and some were adults so let's see um, when gun reform will actually happen and better news though uh, today at the New York Marathon um, what's her name? American woman wins the New York Marathon for the first time in 40 years. Her name is um, Shailene Flanagan. And that's kind of awesome. I thought that was a cool notion. Anything, Carlos? Yeah, I'm just reading about that suspect. It says here... Oh, he On was Sunday Houston. night, authorities only identified the suspect as a young white male. Mm-hmm. They said he was seen dressed in all black and tactical gear, including a ballistic vest at a local gas station at 11.20 a.m. He then exited his vehicle, crossed the street, and began firing an AR-15-style weapon at the church, officials said. The suspect entered the church and continued to fire. As he exited the church, a local resident grabbed his gun and pursued the suspect who dropped his weapon and fled the scene. The, the suspect was later found dead inside his vehicle. Officials are unsure if he was shot by a resident or suffered a self-inflicted gunshot wound, said Freeman Martin, regional director of the Texas Department of Public Safety. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's just nuts. Like, I don't know. That's just nuts, dude. i tell you one thing. One time, it's kind of weird, but one time I was working out here on uh, Riverside at Planet Fitness. And there was a guy that came in, he was a tall white male, and he walked in, he had this like gym bag, but the gym bag was like one of the, um, like a duffel bag. And he, he walked in and I was working out on the elliptical and he walked in and he literally placed his bag like right in front of me, but like maybe about two or four feet in front of me, placed it to the right of himself. And I was watching him the whole time just because he looked super suspect. And as soon as he like went inside his bag, I like ready to get off of the elliptical because I literally thought he was going to pull out a gun and start shooting people. And um, yeah, dude, like whatever. And I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but with like everything that's going on with all these white males that are shooting, shooting everybody like. Now, whenever I see, like, a white male come in and he's, like, has a duffel bag or something, my guard is up, dude. No joke. Like, I'm, my guard is always up, but now more especially because you just don't know who's going to 
come in and start shooting for no reason just because they had a bad day or something. Yeah, and this this guy was 26-year-old from Houston. Like, what was he doing in um, Sutherland Springs? Like, that's not anywhere near Houston. Like He probably just... Um, he probably just was in the area and said, fuck it. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't no. understand a psychopath. And... He went with an agenda. Yeah, he totally went with an agenda. So, I don't know. It's sad, but that just happened today, this afternoon. And, yeah. And, all, and of course, all the politicians, you just follow them on Twitter. All they have to say is... Our thoughts and prayers are with them. They were in a freaking church. If if that if thoughts and prayers were enough, they would this wouldn't have happened in a church. But they need to do their job and stop taking money from the NRA and do their freaking job. Outlaw outlaw these assault rifles. So anything else to add, Carlos? No, I think that's it. So in better news, uh, my recommendation for this week is the movie Thor. just came out, I think, on Friday, and we went to go see it yesterday, and it's pretty good. It's one of those movies where you didn't have to see the first, I think it was two, two, mo- two Thor movies. Um, I really liked it. I was kind of like, it's about a girl and her dog. And so, for me, it was enjoyable. I don't know. What did you think, Carlos? It wasn't about a girl and his dog. Yeah, it was. No? Who was the dog? The big dog that she... Well, I'm not going to spoil it. You're talking about the wolf? Yeah. Uh, that's a canine. Thank you very much. I don't think it was about a girl and his dog. Basically, it's about Thor and... Ragnarok and the Hulk and his sister and yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff. But it's it's a good movie. It's, it reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy Part One. It's very much like that. If you go in there not knowing anything about the Marvel universe, you could you know, have a good time. It's a good uh, popcorn movie. It's a lot of fun. My What's your recommendation, recommendation. What? What's your recommendation? I was say, my recommendation is cilantro. Um, we just ate cilantro yesterday too as well. I wouldn't recommend if you guys are in Austin, don't go to the cilantro off of Riverside. It's really terrible. Um, go to the one on Lamar or off of Burnett. Those two are the original cilantros besides the food trucks. Um, the one off Riverside is really terrible <laughs> and don't go to that one just cause it's, it's, oh man, it's like an alternate universe. It's like you're, they're trying to be Chipotle at that restaurant. It doesn't make any sense. So if you're going to go to Chilantro, go to the one on Lamar or the one on Burnett. Those are really good Chilantros. I don't know what's going on with the one on Riverside. It's just terrible out of all of them. Um, but anyways, even besides that, they have really good food. They have, uh, they have burgers, uh, french fries, kimchi fries. They have wings. They have burritos. They have bowls. Um, if you go to the one on Riverside, they don't have any of that. All they have is just bowls and, and fries. But go to the one on, like, Lamar is probably the best one or Burnett. Anyway, that's my recommendation. Cilantro. Yeah, I really liked it. But I was really upset that day because the service was really bad. 
Yeah, and it's just yeah. really bad service at that particular location. It's your typical Austin customer service. But, yeah, that's the thing. Austin has like really bad customer service when it comes to anybody in the service industry. It kind of sucks because you really don't have a choice. If you want to go out to eat, you kind of have to deal with that. But I think oh, the well. biggest problem is you have a lot of creative people here in Austin and they're all having to work these crappy jobs that they really don't want to work at. So I think that's the biggest problem. But honestly, it doesn't bother me. Just as long as you don't give me any sass, I won't give you any. <laughs> I won't give you any back. If you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. Like if you don't want to do your job, then I'm going to be a dick. But that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are you watching these days, Carlos? Uh, I wanted to recommend Halt and Catch Fire. It is a uh, television show on AMC. Um, it's in its final season. It's actually a pretty good show. I've watched it off and on. Um, I believe it's its fifth season um, this year and its final season. And um, it's originally about the 1980s and the early 90s it spans. And it has a really strong cast. Um, basically starts off with this young guy trying to be the next Steve Jobs. And he goes into this Texas computer company and basically forces them to, to create a computer of their own. And uh, it's pretty interesting. He meets a lot of interesting people there, programmers and hardware engineers, and basically starts off in the computer revolution of the 1980s. And then slowly but surely they get into the whole, you know, internet and... This last season, they're actually creating the World Wide Web. So it's kind of interesting to see how a drama series is centered around technology evolving from the like from the middle mid 80s to the early 90s. It's pretty cool. And then it follows a group of women as well. And they have their hand in creating like the first browser, like which would be Netscape, which is pretty cool. Hmm. So I recommend Halt and Catch Fire. Well, I recommend Bob's Burgers. It's in its eighth season right now, and it's an animated show. But it's pretty funny. Like, if you like, um, I want to say Archer is the same voice that does Bob. Um, but it's a bunch of comedians, and it has, I think it has really great uh, content. And it's funny. It's just, like, adult funny. Uh, but it's animated and so like i said it's in season eight right now and you can see that on hulu or if you have cable it's on fox you yeah, don't the like only bobs that, right yeah the only thing that bothers me about that show is the voice acting on there like the, that i've seen the episodes that i watch like the show looks fine it looks animated well it's just the voice acting is terrible especially for the person that plays the the mother, like she has the most annoying voice. It's so annoying that I can't even watch the show. She's hilarious, though. But that's good. I, I mean, love it gets it. A re it definitely gets an emotion reaction out of me. So that, I guess that's a good thing when it comes to creating art. But still, yeah, I feel like whew, if they could just replace that person, the voice actor who plays the mom, and just get like a regular person to play the mom, I think it would be a much better show. Nice. But that's my only critique. I think she's really good. Anyways, and it's actually voiced by a man. 
Um, so, so the, the, vo the voice, the, the person that's playing the mom is voiced by a man. Yes. Why don't they just get a woman to play? I don't know. Because he can, he can talk like a woman. That's even, that makes it, makes it even more wrong because that's like not equal rights. That's kind of messed uh, up because they took a job away from women. a woman. No, they didn't. Why not hire a woman to play the mom? Just like The Simpsons, uh, who plays Bart? A woman? It's a little boy. Yeah, but the mom is a mom and she's... So? She doesn't sound like a woman, though. She's, but that's how comedians are. They can make any voice and that's uh, the purpose. But that voice does not sound like a woman's voice. Yeah, it does. It's like a nasally... No, like, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you guys go listen to Bob's Burgers and then let us know. What's our email address? It's uh, hello at murderinotech in atx.com. All right. It's time for our main topics. First up is Christina. I think she has a dog topic. Of course it's a dog topic. So I just kind of want to talk about some... Animal statistics, facts about the U.S. animal shelters. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with um, what goes on at an animal shelter and the numbers that are euthanized because not everybody is kill is a no-kill like Austin. Um, so basically about 6.5 million animals um, are entered into the animal shelters every year. Um, it's about half dogs, half cats, but approximately 1.5 million of those animals are euthanized. Um, that's a really big number every year that happens, and that's why, you know, uh, my sign off is spay and neuter your animals. That's a really important um, uh, thing as a pet owner to do. It's, it's a responsibility you have for your pets. Um, one of the shows that kind of advocates for that and really goes out of the way to help animals, and it's something I like to watch, it's on YouTube, is called Vet Ranch. And so it's basically a YouTube channel. Um, it's a vet, I think he's based in San Antonio, and he has um, maybe like four or five vets that work with him and they rescue homeless animals in need of medical attention, and they rehabilitate them, and then they put them up for adoption. They're also responsible for like all their medical care and um, any fostering that needs to be done while they wait for uh, somebody to adopt them. So they rely a lot on donations and on their YouTube channel. I think they've gotten pretty popular. They've only been around since 2014, 2014. Um, but it's a really cool show. Every episode, he features a new animal, and you can also donate to this cause. Um, but it's also just about educating the public in... Um, how to take care of animals and how to make sure that these animals don't end up homeless because it's a sad tragedy that we have so many strays and so many homeless animals and animals on the side of the road. Like, it's really sad. I know the other, it was probably about a month ago, I was driving home and I literally saw this beautiful husky on the side of 35 and like, 
there's a lot of construction going on. I couldn't even stop. And, like, I ended up calling 311 to come out and have, like, animal control or a city official come out and, like, take care of that because this, this dog had been hit. And I couldn't tell if he was alive. I couldn't tell, you know, if he was dying. Um, and he was in a spot where I couldn't get to either because there was a ton of construction. So I couldn't even, like, pull over and, like, get to him. So... You know, things like that really motivate me to constantly um, talk about animal advocacy and make sure, you know, to try to educate people as I can. Um, obviously, not everybody cares about animals the way I do, but I feel, you know, as a response, as a human, it's our responsibility to try to take care of them, and we ultimately are their voice because they, they can't speak for themselves. Um, so just things like that, taking care of spaying and neuter animals, uh, making sure that don't give somebody a puppy or a kitten because you got to remember that dog or cat could live, you know, anywhere from 10 to 18 years. So that's a lifetime commitment. And um, so don't, don't give an animal away frivolously. And what other thing? Um, and adopt, don't shop, don't go to pet stores and shop. Make sure you adopt. There's plenty of shelters, there's plenty of animals in need. You know, puppies cute and everything, but it's really hard to train a puppy. They, a lot of work goes into them. And ultimately, that's why animals end up in the shelter because people get puppies and realize, oh, this is a full grown animal. Like, this is a 50 pound dog when, you know, you got him as a six pound dog. Um, so, educate yourself. Don't. Don't follow trends and get a breed because it's the new dog on Game of Thrones or the new dog in a movie. Educate yourself about the breeds before you go out and get an animal and make sure you understand the responsibility that comes with it. So, but ultimately, I recommend I recommend watching Bat Ranch and checking out all the cool things that Dr. Matt and Dr. Carrie and their fellow vets do every day. All right. What do you got, Carlos? Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, um, definitely it's a lifetime commitment when it comes to having a dog. Every time I look at my dog, Thrasher, I think, why did I pick him? Calm down. <laughs> no, seriously. But, yeah, it's a lifetime commitment, so just got to make sure that you, you know, really think about it uh, because, you know, if you end up moving or if you end up, you know, I don't know, I don't know, getting seriously injured or something, you're going to need somebody to take care of that dog and just letting it go to a shelter or letting it run away is not an option. Just be responsible. Um, my story is probably a, more of a mystery than a story. It's about a person named Satoshi Nakamoto. And you guys probably never even heard that name before, and that's okay. I'm going to tell you who that person is. It is the person who designed Bitcoin and created its original reference implementation. They also designed the first blockchain database, and they were the first to solve the double spending problem for digital currency. They were active with the Bitcoin community up until December of 2010. Um, no one has been able to ever figure out who the person that invented Bitcoin is. So the United States government actually has 
Uh, they have programs called PRISM and MUSCLE, um, the stuff that Ed Edward Snowden has brought to light. And they use those programs to find individuals who are anonymous or who they think can be anonymous on the web. So what they did is the United States government came and they basically grabbed all his writings that he ever published on forums and anything to do with Bitcoin. And they also grabbed like probably his emails, of course, uh, in, especially to the one that he was sent to. So they basically grabbed his whole digital life and grabbed those words. And apparently you can run those words through a program that'll basically get you a digital fingerprint um, related to words. So they can run those words uh, across different databases across the web and come up with an identity for the individual. Um, it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, there's a great article on Medium on, um, from this um, uh, great um, um, journalist that put together all this information. It's pretty interesting if you guys are more interested in it. Um, they say that Nakamoto actually owns 1 million Bitcoins um, because the last known ledger of his, what could be his Bitcoin address, has a million Bitcoins attached to it and it hasn't been used since. So people have speculated like who he could be. Some people think he is four people. Um, that number always comes up that he, he actually is four individuals that came up with the... Uh, with Bitcoin, um, there's also the theory that it's this Japanese guy named Dorian Nakimoto, uh, who lives in Japan. Um, he said that he's not him. And then there's just recently, there's this guy from Australia who came out and said that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. But if you look at his past, he kind of looks like a, he could be a con man. So there's no telling on that either. Um, plus, They've asked him to, you know, if he really is telling the truth to, you know, send, you know, send a small amount of Bitcoin from that, that blockchain address that he has and he's refused to do it. And it's likely that he's not Satoshi Nakamoto. So I just thought it was really interesting that there's an individual out there who, you know, is very likely going to change the way we look at currency in the very near future. And um, we don't know who he is. And apparently... The United States government is really, um, they're not sure who the individual is or individuals are relating to Bitcoin. So if they're afraid that it's a long con, kind of like a sleeper program, where if they do adopt Bitcoin as a, as a new standard of money or try to regulate it, that individual with the million, million coins of Bitcoin could potentially, you know, flood the market if uh, that were to happen. Because you got to think like, if he were to dump a million bitcoins all at once, that would that would kill the currency. But um, who knows? I think it's pretty interesting. Satoshi Nakamoto. I've always heard that the Sa was one person, the Toshi was the second person, Naka was three, and Moto was four. There was four people. But um, hmm. the world may never know. Never heard of him. Where in the world is Satoshi Nakamoto? And how could he have a million bitcoin if you said there was like... Only a certain 21 amount. million. There's, there's only um, going to be ever 21 million. Um, by 2140, that'll be when the last Bitcoin is mined. Mm. It's because 
as the years have gone by, it gets harder to mine Bitcoin. So in the very early days, you can mine Bitcoin with a laptop. That's why in the first episode, I talked about that guy with the laptop on Bitcoin. Because back then, you could mine Bitcoin with just a laptop. Now you need like ISIC miners and those cost, hmm. those cost three to $5,000. And that's because you won't even guarantee that you'll mine a Bitcoin with one of them. You need hundreds of them to mine a Bitcoin. So... It's pretty crazy stuff, but um, that's the future that we live in. Oh, there's also a really good YouTube um, video that I saw yesterday by Motherboard. That's a, a digital um, YouTube channel, but um, they have this particular group of individuals in China that mine Bitcoin. And China? That's, yeah, that's all they do is just mine Bitcoin day and night, and they have all these ASIC miners, and they just mine Bitcoin, and then they make like a million dollars a month or close to a million dollars a month doing it. It's pretty crazy stuff. Um, it's just very much like it, when I saw that video, just very much reminded me of like ghosts in the shell. It's, it's kind of weird. The future that we're heading towards, it's very much a mix of blade runner, ghost in the shell, um, the matrix. It's all the, the really crazy sci-fi growing up, it feel like it's turning into that. It's not turning into the good, everybody on the same team bandwagon future that people had hoped for. It's turning dark. It's pretty crazy, especially with technology. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to start. I can't wait till... You know, 20 years from now, you're going to start pe seeing people having implants, you know, with like computers like inside their skin and directly connected to their brains and stuff. It's going to be one of those. I think that's just the way the future is headed. Cyborgs. Well, Anyways. as long as they don't come with an AR-15. No. I don't know. I don't know what, how they're going to solve the gun problem. I think eventually... I don't know. I've never really sat down and thought about it, but um, we need to. It's getting closer. Well, I think I think eventually somebody is going to solve that problem. Um, I'm not sure how technology can solve it, but I know it can assist in some way. It just takes really smart people to sit down and think about it. I've never actually, I'm not saying I'm smart, but I've never actually sat down and thought about how would you, you know, regulate gun control or, um, stop or, making it okay to sell AR-15. No, I think the problem starts with, you know, individuals. I think individuals need to take it upon themselves to realize that this is a planet that we live on and this is everybody's planet. And it's not just one individual to take another individual's life. Like that, that doesn't get, no one has the right to take another person's life. And I think, I think people need to understand that um, a life is precious and you can't just go and take it just because you're having a bad day or you're upset with the establishment. That doesn't give you a right to take somebody's life. Like, you know, life is so precious and it's one of those things that it's a million to one shot that you're ever even born, you know, and then it's a million to one shot that you're born in America. And then it's a million to one shot that you're, you're born not in poverty. So for you to take somebody's life like that, you know, may God have mercy on your soul because that's, it's not right. It's not right. You, you, people, they really need to educate these kids at an early age to understand that, you know, a life is precious and it needs to be cherished. And no matter who it is, 
um, doesn't, no one has a right to take somebody else's life. It's just not right. So I think it starts at an early age. You gotta, you gotta educate people. I think, I think, you know, using us as a perfect example, like a, when I was a kid, um, we, we didn't have guns growing up, but I knew from a very young age that guns were wrong and guns were bad and, you know, guns can kill people. Yes, I remember seeing violent movies growing up, but I always knew that was like pretend. And um, I, w I was always taught to fo focus my, my emotions, you know, in a creative way or, you know, not to lash out on people. It starts at a young age and it requires everybody to, to move that forward. And like that young man that shot all those people today, I'm sure there's something troubling in his life that caused him to do that, but he should have really thought about the consequences of taking people's lives. Like he can't do that. Like he needs to understand that, you know, everybody's life is their own and it's, you know, it's their no, choice. He's just a domestic terrorist. Well, you can call them terrorists, but they're still human too. So they, they need yeah, a... Yeah, don't give them the excuse of, oh, it's a white man with mental instability. Cause that's I'm not saying bullshit. it's a white man with mental instability. I'm saying that they need to educate people. And that goes for anything. Like you need to educate people, you know, with everything. Like it starts at a young age. Like it really does. Like as I get older, I start realizing that a lot of the stuff that that a lot of the stuff that I picked up, you know, bad habits from, it started from when I was a kid. So maybe this guy, who knows, maybe he got shown a gun shoved in his face when he was a kid. And then he used to kill cats or dogs when he was little. You know, it starts like that. That's how somebody who turns into somebody that does that starts. It doesn't just start with like, oh, let me get a gun. Oh, gun's cool. Oh, well, let me get an AR-15. No, it doesn't just start like that. It starts at a very young age. That's why you have responsible gun owners and then you have not responsible gun owners. Um, so I think they need to, I think they need to educate the kids. And I think that's where it starts because there's no hope for the, to, for the people that already have these AR-15s. They're gonna do whatever they want. You need to stop um, people from an early age from having that dream to kill and murder people. Like, you can't, you can't help the people that already have these AR-15s, and you're, they're not going to let you take them away. So the only option is to educate the youth. That's all you can do. I don't know. I guess I'm not optimistic. I'm not. You're not what? I'm not optimistic at all. Yeah, I'm not optimistic for the future either, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to fight it. Okay. Well, besides that... Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I just wanted to share that Satoshi Nakamoto story because I thought it was pretty interesting. It's, um, it's a mystery who that person is. Um, I think in the future people will, kind of like Ben Franklin who made that first telephone call, it's going to be one <laughs> of those where people are going to be like, was it Ben Franklin that made the telephone call? <laughs> no? Probably. I don't know who it was. I no, Alexander Bell. I'm sorry. That first telephone call. <laughs> uh, Alexander Bell was... <laughs> person that made the first telephone call it's gonna be like that people are gonna be like send us your corrections because our history is not great no my history is not great but it's probably gonna be like you know it's gonna be one of those things people are gonna be like who satoshi nakamoto was he was the first one that ever he he sent the first transaction of, of, of bitcoin so it's gonna be one of those people are gonna look back and be like oh wow i created you know what's funny you know how um i don't know if you i'm sure you've heard this 
but they say Bitcoin is its weight in gold or something. So, like, comparable to gold, but then this girl did um, kind of, like, she did her own project to see if that's the case. Like, she went to, like, Subway, and she said, can I pay with Bitcoin or gold? And they they wouldn't take the gold, but they would take the Bitcoin. Like, people think that gold has more value than Bitcoin at this point, but I think it's because Bitcoin is not tangible it's nothing you can touch and so i think uh people still don't understand that but yeah she did her own little project and she tried to go to different places with a bar of gold and she's like well you take this for payment and it was real gold but they wouldn't but yet they would take her bitcoin yeah if somebody was in front of me and they're trying to pay with bitcoin and they're like at a subway or something and they're saying hey um will you take this bitcoin you know, telling the subway person, I would, I would be like, dude, I'll pay for your sandwich, send me the Bitcoin, because in three days, that Bitcoin will be worth 30, 40, 70 uh, cents more. That's not the point. It was a social experiment. Yeah, I understand the point, but I think a lot of people don't understand that with Bitcoin, the way it's rising, if you buy $100 of Bitcoin right now, and it's worth $7,500 a coin, next week, it'll be worth $8,000. So I've never, I don't, I've never lived in a time where money increases have you where the value of money yeah no we've been through a depression no we haven't we've been through a depression our ancestors have 2008 that was a depression not the great depression yeah but that's different though no Um, it's different because historically it's not yeah it is because we didn't have we had everything that we needed um, yes, it was a depression of some sorts. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs. But me, I was just working a retail job. And so were you. So we weren't directly affected. If anybody that was affected, it was people that actually had a lot more to lose. I was just in a band not doing anything. So I didn't have anything to lose. Um, anyway, so what I was going to say about that Bitcoin was, um, yeah, it's really interesting times. And I think we're headed in a direction where... Um, some of these lawmakers um, who are unfit to uh, make these decisions are going to make them. And, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. I don't know if they're going to try to tax it or, yeah, it's going to be Cryptocurrency. Cool. Yeah, they're going to have to make a decision. And some of these bigger companies like PayPal and Amazon, Amazon just recently bought some domains like AmazonCryptocurrency.com and AmazonBitcoin.com and Amazon... Um, ethereum.com and amazonether.com all these different types of coins so it makes people wonder if amazon is getting into the cryptocurrency exchange field because if it does that's going to mainstream um, that's going to mainstream bitcoin because to have amazon involved in providing exchange for money to like basically being coinbase that'll be huge and if Amazon, Amazon purchases over everything. if Amazon purchase or allows you to purchase Bitcoin, you know, um, for products, that's even bigger. They should, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think this coming year towards the end of 2018, Bitcoin will be a household name because by then it'll be worth at least $20,000 a coin, if not more. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, it is. But um, 
Yeah. Okay, no more Bitcoin talk. Next week, I'm going to talk about murder. Let's get back to murder. Okay, so I guess that's the end of the show. Do you want to tell them where our website is? Yeah, so email us any suggestions, any corrections, because we are not historians, so we're not sure if uh, Ben Franklin made the first phone call. <laughs> it, was but... Al- it was Alexander <laughs> Bill, I think. Um, yeah, so email us at hello at murderinotech in atx.com with any, anything, anything you want to talk about, say hi, whatever, we're here. Um, and we'll try to get back to you um, on the next show. So that's it for tonight. Have a good start of your week. And Christmas is almost here. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Spay and neuter your animals and watch Vet Ranch. Good night. <laughs>